Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 267th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the MSP studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. I like that shirt. Oh, thank you. Thank you. new shirt? This is a new MSP shirt, tie-dye edition, that is going to be sent out to our Patreon supporters here in a couple days. I'm modeling it for you here. It's nice. Uh, not everybody's going to get this blue and white design, Variant. though. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I kind of did hand select this one for myself. You customized, yes. But uh, everybody's getting a slightly different variant of uh, tie dye sent out to their doorstep, as well as an all black shirt. So, uh, yeah, join on Patreon. Although stuff's changing with merch soon, so. Uh, if you join Patreon right now, you're not going to get a shirt. So wow, it's too late. But that's coming Saturday soon. The news. Coming soon to all of our current patrons. Uh, what have you been up to this last week? Um, not a lot, man. How's, I, how's the kiddo doing? Kid's doing good. Taking care of a kid, working, and trying to finish up school. The trifecta of every hour of every day right now, but. Uh, he's doing good. He's uh, two months old today. I appreciate you making time for us. Oh, absolutely, of course, yeah. always. You know, thanks for having me on. Um, Missouri beat Kentucky, big win there. Um, we got South Carolina coming up for homecoming. We've got a little bit of recruiting news to talk about. We've got facilities development project to talk about. Before we do all of that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave us a review wherever you listen to us, and of course you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. It's too late for the shirt, <laughs> but you can get into Discord and uh, join us for game chat for the rest of the wins Missouri's going to have this Good year. Good place to be. Um, before we jump into the Kentucky game, a little bit of news uh, buzzing around Twitter was this news of a facilities development project that is being presented to the higher-ups within the um, Mizzou organization uh, coming from the athletic department, and it is specifically including a north end zone remodel of some sort. A reimagining. Reimagining. Um, there's been maybe leaked, maybe fake, maybe AI created all of the images above. of the North end zone that may be, you know, floating out there as a possibility. I've seen people talking about mega hill, which is just the, you know, rock M hill, just blown up big. They're like, going to make the hill bigger. Probably not, but that's some people's dream. Okay. And I support them in that. Yeah. Um, I gotta preserve the M. That's the only thing that matters. Yeah, I've seen like photoshops of the current stadium, but the M goes from the highest point of like the press box area to the highest point of the <laughs> uh, east side. I think I stands. Twitter so great. I uh, think I saw a volcano. Yeah, at one point, that's a good option. Uh, maybe like a. I think I saw like an alien ship like hovering over Mizzou Arena in one of the renderings. I think add it all. I that one might have been real. Yeah, uh, there was one specific set of images that was floating around with like the actual athletic department little logos and stuff on it. Yeah, but it looked a little more realistic than a volcano. Definitely looked more realistic. However, it's still there was still something slightly uncanny about it where it didn't quite look correct. It looked like less modern than yeah. what they did in the south end zone project yes i if, think is what to me made it look like maybe not the true rendering yeah it looked like and i hope now after i've said that well, it's not the real one but yeah he probably won't know what i'm talking about uh it did feel like a clash of aesthetic with yeah just like how everything's set up For currently sure. yeah that's what i was thinking yeah but as far as from the inside, like adding seats around the adding seating around the hill, yeah, and that, yeah, I mean, uh, we when we were at the LSU game, the hill was packed, which is fine, and it's probably pretty cheap tickets too, yeah. But that cannot be a comfortable place to sit for four hours. I've sat on a packed hill on the Rock M's, and you just stand up, and then you don't worry about it anymore. That's you true. Just stand the whole time. Yeah, I think I'd rather have a seat. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, you know, I'm when, getting old though. Yeah. When I, when his old knees, when I was in college and I went to, I was going to college at Missouri State, but I went to more Mizzou games than Missouri State games. Uh, yeah. Just drive up and stand on the hill. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that stood out to me at the LSU game was that the concourse above the hill was completely packed, standing room only, hmm. like three people deep. So, yeah. There's a lot of space. Keep selling out games. Have to add more seats. There's a lot of space on the north end zone concourse. There's just like a lot of open concrete up there. Yeah, and people have complained before, I think rightfully so, that it's just too open. uh, So like the sound doesn't stay in the stadium as much. Oh, yeah. Compared to just complete the bowl a little bit. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. Hashtag complete the bowl. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be on all the construction tweets. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm all for it. I say, yeah, that's exciting. Switch it up a little bit. Make that everybody wants a bigger screen over there on that side of the field. I feel like the south end zone screen, like kind of above the seats and stuff, like it looks really good. Yeah. Like the clarity is amazing for how big the screen is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it'll make everybody's day if they add some like Wi-Fi antennas to the, whatever they do in yeah. the north end zone. That's true. Everybody will be happy with that. Talk to AT&T and Verizon, get some cell service over there. People would like that. You just got to learn how to live in the moment, dude. You don't need your phone at a football game. That's true. I, You know what? I can I can buy that as well. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was... But it's been pretty vague so far, though. I mean, yeah. they, they said that the, you know, this, whatever this is, will affect all the sports mm-hmm. in some way. But obviously, we're really interested in the reimagining of the North End Zone. Yeah. So we'll know more about that at some point. Yeah, people saying that those images are AI, though. They, I feel like it got the logos too good to be AI. Like, usually... Usually they, like, mess up the, yeah. the word Mizzou. Yeah, can't or the do logo. letters correctly, which you see that on the Volcano one. That All that stuff is... So someone really meticulously created that. Yeah. Like, that's actually... A, they a real did a pretty volcano. good job with that. It's a real picture. Still, uh, the M-I-Z and stuff, this, the Mizzou lettering and stuff is wrong, but... Anyway, um, more importantly, there's been some other rumors and a buzz on Twitter about a certain recruit named Ryan Wingo. Potentially, once again, we're talking about him moving up his commitment date and a bunch of future casts are changing from Texas to Mizzou and the main guy that everybody's in love with, I actually saw a reimagining of the of the field with his face on it. Um, the rivals guy, Clint, Clint Cosgrove, yes, who was like he's, early, he's dropping the bombs. He was early to make his future cast for Winery to Mizzou, and now he's early making his Wingo to Mizzou future cast. So mm. somebody was saying, you know what, just name the field after him. That's fine. And no, they said Faroe Field at uh, Rivals Clint stadium (laughs) (laughs) but yeah uh i'm like okay yeah ryan wingo's coming yeah yeah it's it's, it's happening it feels about as official as it can possibly get without being official at this point without wingo specifically addressing the rumors himself uh so he he did basically something about it yeah yeah so pretty much you know all of the st louis media and stuff is, is talking about it pretty openly at this point too so um I think we can kind of pencil pencil that in that Missouri is going to have two five star players in this in this class, and at this point we're still early in the class. Like it's October, we got two more months to go before the signing date. Like we might see some more dominoes fall. Uh, yeah, there's um, players that have verbal commitments to other universities that Missouri is still recruiting. Yeah, I definitely think that some of the Missouri recruits are going to take another look at Mizzou seeing what they're doing seeing like uther burden be as good as he's been like kind of see missouri um use the talent well that they're getting and and kind of keep the promises they're making in the recruiting game and the nil efforts coming through and all this stuff like you would have to take a second look you would be forced to um and i definitely think jeremiah mcclellan is going to be one of those guys that missouri's got a real shot with still going forward he's the uh four-star wide receiver committed to ohio state um so I you know I would definitely keep your eye on some of those top players in Missouri that are committed elsewhere. Uh, I wouldn't give up on those guys. Yeah, we've talked before about how, from a player's point of view, it only makes sense if you have a committable offer to, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, Texas, 
Alabama, whatever, it doesn't hurt you to commit to them. And as maybe Mizzou fans don't want to hear it, but and have Mizzou as a fallback. And he's like, oh, let's see what you got going on there. And I'll always consider you. That's true. And a lot of times they might be kind of getting strong armed at those bigger schools to like, like where you're going to lose your spot if you don't commit now. And so they probably feel pressured to do it. Yeah, we know Missouri, you know, um, gives that sort of vibe sometimes to recruits when they're on campus and stuff. Let's, hey, let's get this done. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's, it's always intriguing to me with these like high profile recruits that you know, it's, I feel like it's very rare nowadays for a staff to just be like the wheels are in motion now for Ryan Wingo to make an announcement that he's committing to Missouri. And at this point, move up his commitment date too, because he's right consistently said he'll commit at the signing day in December, but it's really sounding like that's not going to be the case. Right, right. So I'm always curious to know what kind of communication is going on between the recruit and, like, for example, in this situation, Mizzou, to where like, are they collaborating and being like, "Hey, uh, coach, I'm in. So when should we do this?" Right. Is the, the Mizzou staff ever like? hey, if you're thinking about committing, it'd be cool to do it at this moment. Yeah. That would be super helpful. I always I want, no I would idea. love to know more of that behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, because obviously people know stuff um, because stuff gets leaked. Media knows, media people talk about it. There's a lot of ways to find out, you know, some of these kind of juicy rumors and stuff. And a lot of times these rumors, there's there's legs to them. And yeah, it kind of wonders, you have to think about how the origins of these rumors and there's definitely still times where there's an announcement being made and the coaches do not know what the recruit is going to say absolutely or they have an idea but they've been told i'm coming and that maybe isn't going to be the case yeah um any other random news or anything before we get into the kentucky game i don't think so so kyle with this kentucky game i want to kind of take you through the beginning of this game and I want you to tell me what your mindset was like at a certain moment in this game. Okay. Because how this game started, Missouri gets the ball, goes three and out. Okay. Classic. Uh, yeah, we've seen that before. No big deal. Don't even don't even worry about it. Ray Davis. We should always we should always <laughs> defer. Defer. Yeah. I don't see why you would not ever do anything other than maybe we didn't have the choice that's possible uh ray davis gets the ball he starts doing his thing kentucky's first drive ends in a davis touchdown catch no resistance at all no from missouri defense i don't think there was like a single negative play for kentucky on the whole drive and they just handed it to him and then another guy had a big run uh missouri gets the ball back down a score cook throws an interception that's not ideal. Kentucky crowd's going crazy. Yes, they. It's the the environment is electric. They are thinking they're about to go win number eight of nine in this series. Is yeah, that right? We were thinking that too. Yeah. So Cook throws interception. Davis keeps it going, but then this time it ends with Leary running it in. Uh, Kentucky goes up fourteen zero. Davis already has over eighty total yards. After two Kentucky drives, Kentucky's dominating. Leary isn't even having to throw the ball. And um, I think two drives later is when there was a bad snap and Cook just had to get on top of the ball. On third down. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're about to punt in plus territory. And that's when everything changed. Yes. But so up until that point, though, yeah. Holy crap, this was a nightmare. Yeah, literal nightmare. Uh, we talked about last week how the absolute worst thing that can happen is Kentucky get up early and then just get to go into run it down your throat mode all game long. And because that's what they want to do. They don't want to have to throw the game. Throw the. They don't want to throw the game. <laughs> they uh, don't want to have to throw the ball to get back in a game. That's just not what they're built for. That's not what they do well. We saw that happen in this game eventually, but... It was basically like, okay, this is looking like our one clunker for the year. We're usually good for one of those, and I think it's going to be this one in a very important game. And we're doing, we're we're giving Kentucky the dream start. They, yeah. I mean, they you couldn't have you couldn't have designed a better start for Kentucky. Yeah, and um, 
I can like Ray Davis, just seeing him, I, there was a, a Tyron Hopper missed tackle where he like yeah. had his arms around him and it just barely slowed him down. Yeah. He was breaking tackles. We talked about last week. If it's a three-yard run, that's fine. Don't let a three-yard run become a seven-yard run. Don't mm-hmm. let the seven-yard run become a 15-yard run. And yeah. that's all that was happening. Right. It definitely felt like Kentucky came out of the gate doing some different stuff. Like they were um, running some formations that I they hadn't really showed much of mm-hmm. in, on tape. They were doing it a lot of, uh, I know everyone yeah. everyone hates these terms, like eye candy, yeah. like pre-snap uh, motion, window yeah. dressing type yeah. stuff. Yeah, pre-snap motion. They're, they're, the wide receivers were you know running horizontally up and down the field. Like They were really trying to divert the defender's eyes, and it was working so well. Like We didn't know where to look. Uh, it was basically, they were just fooling us in every play. And so it felt super scripted, like those first two drives. And once they kind of like ran out of like the script, it, they really, really weren't as ineffective. They were really ineffective on offense. Like once the players had to, you know, make a play, and um, you know, those the they weren't being as manipulative with their formations and stuff. They they really cooled off. Yeah, and they actually um, did punt to Mizzou one time. Missouri got a stop before the bad snap uh, situation that was leading to the punt, and then the punt. It was, it's easy to say this after the fact, but like it was so um, automatic the way they went out to punt the ball. Like, you know, it was not a great distance to try to go for four, to go for it on fourth down. And, but with the, where they were on the field, they just looked so intentional the way they went out to punt the ball. Something seemed weird. I felt like, well, yeah, I mean, they were punting from Kentucky's 39-yard yeah. line. Yeah. That always they looks were, weird. They were yeah. in field goal range, yeah. for me, this at least. Yeah. It was going to be like a 55-yarder or something yeah. like that. Like, that's It felt weird from the get-go because it was weird, yeah. and you're never punting there. You're there was that. never even like... It didn't even look like there was ever any consideration for kicking the field goal. Right. So, But really, the only thing that was making me think like it was weird was it was 4th and 10. It was mm-hmm. a long yeah. way to go. But obviously, they were—they knew they were going to chuck it deep anyway. Yeah. So they, uh, Coach Drink talked about how they had identified Kentucky playing um, no return. If you get past the fifty-yard line and punt the ball, they're not even trying to return it. They're doing punt safe and watching for a fake. I guess a fake run. Yeah. I mean, they, you could see the Kentucky coaches like yes, trying Don't to get even try to return it, trying to get everybody's attention on the sideline. On, in retrospect, honestly, Kentucky should have called timeout because yeah. they knew something was up. But they. But def- I think that's just their standard play, though, is like, hey, you know, we all know in yeah. this situation, we're not even trying to field this thing. Right. And that's what the Mizzou coaches were looking at all week in prep. Yeah. We find out after the fact they had been practicing this play where Luke Bauer, the punter who just lost his job had earlier in the season as the starting punter, and Coach Drink said in practice leading up to the Kentucky game, he was not punting the ball well. And but they had him practicing this throw to um Marquise Johnson. And Johnson said in the press conference after the game that he actually expected to just run right by the guy and basically not be defended at all. And so it was a little bit surprising when the guy stuck with him. But Bauer <laughs> chucked the ball johnson made a play on it and took it the rest of the way 39 yard touchdown and it suddenly felt like okay there missouri is alive and thank you coaching staff for identifying that yeah and just going for it in that spot yeah with no hesitation it's almost interesting like i obviously Drinkwitz wanted to victory lap on this one which is totally fine and i'm glad he said it because it's interesting but I was a little surprised that he just came out and said that. Like, yeah, we identified this very specific thing they do, and we exploited it. And uh, I'm gl- I'm glad that they they picked up on that because, and, I mean, he was like, well, he was well defended. Yeah, I thought that it was maybe going to be intercepted, yeah. and it was just perfectly went yeah. right over the defender's head. Yeah, and then you know there were still probably ten yards that Marquise Johnson had to like run into the end zone. So he made a really really nice play. Yeah, uh, I was going to make a joke. Like, yeah, the, actually, the bad snap was on purpose because they knew they wanted that spot where they bring the puncher <laughs> out and throw a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, if they practiced it so much, like, 
I they, mean, you don't, you can't guarantee you're going to get the ball in a spot where you can yeah. have that play work. Uh, so that just changes the game. Uh, it inspires everybody to be playing better, I guess. Um, <laughs> Kentucky runs out of scripted plays. Nevis gets a field goal. Um, Brady Cook orchestrates a beautiful two-minute drill, ending with a perfect touch pass to Theo Weiss. They have those end zone fade routes and passes down. Yeah, the timing's I, perfect. Yes, we've seen it several times now. Like in the LSU game when it, it just didn't work the first time because yeah. Weiss dropped it and they yes. just immediately went back to yeah, it. And puts it, it right back in the same spot. Um, and Missouri actually takes a 17-14 lead into halftime did really did not play that well no in the first half and takes a three-point lead into halftime i could not believe they got back in this game no just it's just not it's just not what we've done in the last however many years like when we get down we crumble and i mean i can't you can probably count on your on one hand how many times missouri has climbed back into a game as impressively and as quickly as they did in this game, especially considering the kind of the game script stuff that we talked about. Like, yeah. Kentucky got right in that mode they wanted to be in. I just couldn't believe that they kind of superseded that, um, those situations. And then the second half, I mean, from the, from the punt, from the fake punt on, it was all Mizzou. Yeah. I mean, Kentucky has a moment later, but in the second half, Missouri's defense reco- recovers a fumble, uh, picks Leary off twice, Missouri outscored Kentucky 21-7 in the second half. And then even late, uh, the defense didn't even let Kentucky score in garbage time. Mm-hmm. Like, they're up three scores. They're up 17. So even very late, Kentucky scoring a touchdown is like, eh, whatever. You know, no, nothing to be scared about. And even then, the defense uh, forced a turnover on downs. Yeah, yeah, they definitely figured figured out how to play Leary. And he was he was not good. In the oh, second man. half, he was really bad. Yeah, and Kentucky's offensive line looked bad. Yeah, even in run blocking, like I don't know, they 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 just unraveled. Yeah, and penalties. Like we thought that Missouri has played some undisciplined football this year. Kentucky took that to a new level. Like at home on homecoming, Coach Drink talked about in this press conference how he knew the game was won for Mizzou when Kentucky's fans were booing them coming off the field at halftime. And he said that in, I watched the uh, mini movie, he said that to the team at halftime. Mm. He pointed out, their their fans are booing them coming off the field. Like, we have to... Smelling blood. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, man, it felt so good to do this to Kentucky. It was, it was due. And, uh, like, the reason it feels so good is, like, seven out of eight, that's wild. Yeah, that and, shouldn't happen. Yeah. Only the second win for Missouri in Lexington since joining the SEC. The last one was in 2013. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned that Missouri really didn't play all that well, especially really the the first half, especially. Um, you know, Luther Burden, two receptions for 15 yards, just didn't matter. Those two receptions, though, were that in that two-minute drill drive. That's true. Pretty huge just to yeah. keep that going there. Yeah, but they, you know effectively took Luther Burden away and yeah. we found alternative ways to score. Yeah. Uh yeah, he had two catches for what was it? 15. Yes. In a I think he had one rush attempt. Yeah, and that was a big run to get a first down. Um yeah, but uh Theo Weiss, uh six receptions, 66 yards and a touchdown. So he stepped up. Uh Norfleet was big, and I guess I obviously don't know what I'm talking about because he had no problem. Last week, I was like, oh, maybe they can't put him out there for a full game because he doesn't quite have it all down yet, but he did everything he needed to do except score on that one uh, like wide-open catch, which uh, that's a play that they will break out every once in a while, just that like kind of late release by the tight end, yeah. and every once in a while, he's just wide it's open. tricky. Mm. But it was great to see that from Norfleet. Um, I mentioned, though, Kentucky did take a 21-20 to lead at one point, um, but then Missouri answered with a nice drive that ended with the fake to Burden. Cook kept it for the touchdown. Oh, man, that was really ballsy. Yeah. And it honestly shouldn't have worked. Like, right. the, the, the defender ran right by him. Yeah. Like, just in pursuit of 
Burden yeah. just ran right by Brady Cook on fourth down. Like, it yeah. should have been a five-yard loss yeah. if the defender just looks right in front of him. And that was a spot where... But I they mean, ran that play against LSU too, right? Uh, or something similar? They ran that for a touchdown against Kansas State. Oh. Where they faked it to Burden. And yeah, yeah, they brought it right back out. And I actually, like, as the play's happening, I'm thinking they're going to hand this to Burden and he might not get anywhere. Yeah. Like, he was going to have to really make a play, mm-hmm. uh, which he can do. Yeah. Like, one of these times they are going to hand it to him. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's an opportunity to pass out of that fake as well. So, I don't know. Let's save that for, like, the SEC championship game or something. Let's save that for, like, fourth <laughs> quarter against Georgia. Yeah. I feel like one of the biggest um, differences in this game, and you know, if you look at the success, the success rate of every play throughout the entire game, it really is probably coming out pretty even. But I feel like, and maybe the the total yardage and stuff like that, maybe doesn't show a huge discrepancy. Mm-hmm. But uh, Missouri had three turnovers; they forced three turnovers in this yeah. game. And when you give yourself, you know, the good field position, or you just you get the momentum swings from a turnover, I just feel like that puts you over the top in, in games like this that are pretty even. Absolutely. And the defense being able to get pressure on Leary just rushing four yeah, he folded. was huge. He folded in pressure. Yeah. They were getting to him and then still having enough, you know, uh, enough guys defending the pass to yeah. get those interceptions and stuff. I can think of a couple plays where Leary, one, he just like dropped the ball one point Yes, uh, when he was being pressured. Another time... Uh, like on a Darius Robinson sack, like I feel like he had a he had an opportunity to get the ball off and mm. just look scared. Yeah, and he just, just tucked it. He just tucked it. He had he was like even like kind of double clutched and yeah. decided not to. And I don't know, man. They were they were in his head. Uh, there was a moment early on though, one of those where it's like everything is going terribly, where he just bounced off a defender that yeah. should have brought him down. That was like not too long after Hopper had the missed tackle on davis it was gonna be one of those nights yes and it looked like you know he just like bounced off this guy trying to get the sack and then is throwing the ball on third and long i think yeah thankfully he just kind of threw it out of bounds but i when he let go of that ball i was like this i don't know if we can over i don't know if we can come back from giving up a first down that's true i remember thinking about that if if we got a first down in this play it's just it's over shut it down for the night but you know leary's had some very productive games even an entire season in in, Mm -hmm. uh you know at nc state Mm -hmm. and you know you we knew that he has some pretty good experience in college football so he's capable of it but he you know he was pretty jekyll and hyde against missouri uh chris abrams drain had an interception and almost a second interception um i can't remember. probably could have been too yeah. honestly they reviewed it looked like his hand was kind of under the ball but yeah. they they reversed it yeah that was a close call for sure i can and i can't remember who came up with the other interception i can look it up um but yeah i was just very impressed was with the Norwood, defense maybe i can't remember either i was just very impressed with the defense in the second half only giving up seven oh. points to a team that's trying to get back in the game mm-hmm. yeah it was marcus clark that had yeah. the other interception yeah on the sideline there mm-hmm. Looked like he could have maybe returned that a little bit, but yeah. just went out of bounds. It was right there on the sideline. I can't complain too much. Um, Schrader had a good game, and he had his patented fourth quarter run where he had 26 yards up until that point and then goes for a 19-yard score. It does, Doubles his yardage in one run. That's just what he does. He does that. Um, Mevis was three for four on field goals. He had makes from 25, 31, and 29. And then the miss from 46 was tipped, I guess. So if, like, I think he's 0 for 4 on 40 to 49 yarders this year. Hmm. And then everywhere else, he's like 80%, 90% or something. It's no man's land anyway. You should be going for it. Yeah, probably. Um. Yeah. Uh. Let's talk about Brady Cook. Uh, he did bounce back well from that rough start. I mean, there was a point where he was like one of five passing for six yards like, <laughs> in the second quarter, and it was just looking really rough. He ended up with only 175 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. He also did have the rushing touchdown. But I just thought uh, after 
after the interception, or well, everything that good happened after the fake punt. <laughs> so after the fake punt, he seemed like he shook off the interception a little bit better and was making some good throws, wide receivers making good plays. They were just getting the ball, like spreading the ball around. It feels like the only thing we haven't seen a ton of lately is throwing to the running backs very much. That might be something that we need to see more of in the future if mm-hmm. uh, against a team like Georgia. Um, yeah, just going up, like kicking the field goal to go up three scores and just being like, oh, we did it. Yeah. Just beat Kentucky. Just a nice chill into this game yeah i I mean uh there was videos of kentucky fans leaving with like 11 minutes left love that yeah 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 that that uh that was we'd had that coming for a long time felt good yeah that was just uh, a little bit of an emotional roller coaster going from the most depressing start imaginable yeah yeah still didn't play a good game really from start to finish at all uh darius robinson uh just to throw some stats at you Darius Robinson had two sacks on the game it was good to see him just kind of yeah probably his best game yeah he was uh mentioned in like the weekly SEC awards for defensive line um Mookie Cooper two receptions for 29 yards Schrader uh ended the game with 20 carries for 71 yards and a touchdown it's so weird like those turnovers the Missouri defense forcing turnovers and giving the offense uh you know a shorter field to work with and just taking that momentum back every single time Kentucky even thought about answering Mm -hmm. yeah uh, Darius Robinson was uh talking in his post-game presser about well he you know the reporter was talking about how Missouri's already bowl eligible Mm -hmm. um seven games into the season and you know it was almost like this feeling of relief um, yeah. on his face a little bit where, you know, he had to make a decision after last season. He could have gone to the NFL um, or whatever was next for him. He he had opportunities and he, you know, decided to come back and pursue uh, something that Missouri hadn't done really in his time there. And that's exp- exceed expectations. And but he, you know, talked about how he believed they could do that. They had the players and the coaching staff and, um, you know, kind of the belief in themselves to be able to do it. And so it just felt so good to be able to to actually do what they know they're capable of doing. And so it was really cool hearing him kind of share his perspective on his decision to come back. And obviously, you know, it sounds like I'm talking like the season's over or something. And so he obviously was making sure like, you know, there's still a lot to do. But at the same time, you know, I'm taking a second to reflect on my decision to come back and I'm really happy I did. And um, that was that was really cool. And, you know, it's it's true. He's like, this is what I thought we were going to do, was put people away and, you know, get bowl eligible, you know, halfway through the season. And he said, we were fighting for our lives against Arkansas last year mm-hmm. to get bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. And we, we've gotten here pretty comfortably so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Coach Drink in his press conference kind of had the same vibe of just like, it feels good to get over the hump this early and... Uh, you know, Kentucky was ranked going into this game, a ranked road win, prime time under the lights. Uh, you know, everybody picked Kentucky, including me, not you, Kyle, uh, picked Mizzou. Uh, I think I picked Mizzou like preseason too. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely higher on Kentucky. Um, but yeah, watching the players and coach drink just like, of course, and he just did what he always does. He gave um, Coach Link credit for the um, fake punt, coming up with that and like finding that in Kentucky's tape. And then, yeah, just uh, doled out praise to all the players. And he specifically mentioned um, Chris Abrams' drain as a guy that chose to come back because they thought this team was going to be special and could do things they hadn't done yet, just like Robinson. Mm-hmm. So seeing both of those guys make huge plays in that moment. Yeah, that's what your like, experienced players have to do yeah. in to have special seasons. But yeah, Coach Trinkwitz, was, he was vibing yeah. after this win, yeah. for sure. You could tell he this game meant a lot yeah. to to this team. And you know it's a game they have not played well in for the last few years. So it clearly 
felt really good to get over the hump. So the last time Missouri won in Lexington at Grocery Store Field was the uh, DGB four touchdown game. I think so. I guess, man. Like, yeah. I can think of a Drew Locke season, maybe 2016 or 17, where it was under the lights at Grocery Store Field, and it was like a really close loss. Um, but I can't remember playing very many night games at Kentucky. No. Oof. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, being bowl eligible already, obviously. And, and of course, this makes the LSU loss sting even more. I know. Because that was so imminently winnable. Ugh. And we talked about last week, are we rooting for LSU the rest of the way? And I just now realize absolutely because, first of all, we could now go with me here. If we want to see anybody in Atlanta, it's LSU because we know, we already know we can beat them. Am I? Is that a wrong way of thinking about it? Uh, Do you, would you rather play LSU, Ole Miss, or Alabama on neutral field? I don't know, man. Honestly, Alabama might be the worst team out of those three. Actually, Alabama beat Ole Miss, so yeah, I don't know. They've all. Like LSU has the chance to beat Alabama and they've all beat each other. Yeah. Situation. Man, I don't know. I think Missouri could beat all three of those teams on the right day. Okay. Uh, And that's what's so fun about the SEC this year is like, I think Missouri could beat every team in the SEC. And and we could go ahead and say the SEC championship goes through the East because Georgia's number one. For sure. So if somebody supplants Georgia, right, it goes through them. Exactly. So, yeah, this is this has been a really fun. Obviously, Missouri's in the mix. That makes it automatically more fun, no matter what. Yeah. But there is no like juggernaut that's unbeatable. Like Georgia could be that. They I mean, might end up just running the table. Yeah. But they, I think it's pretty clear they're not as good as they have been the past two seasons. They're more beatable than they have been. Alabama's way more beatable than they have been. I mean, it's wide open, man. Mm. It's it's gonna be a a fun finish to the season. Still have to play South Carolina and have a bye before the Georgia game. We do not want to disrespect our opponent this weekend. But um, before we get into South Carolina, it just being six and one is is special. It's not every year you're six and one at any point in the season. And we're ranked twentieth now. Which is a nice little number next to our name. And looking at the rest of the schedule. Obviously, we're going to talk about the homecoming matchup with South Carolina. Then we've got the bye before Georgia on the road. That doesn't scare anybody. This program has won a big game, a big game at Georgia in the past. So nobody should be scared of that. Home against Tennessee, home against Florida, and then at Arkansas. Those three teams, you could win all three of those. But I think the SEC is pretty good out even Vanderbilt is like you know scored a touchdown against Georgia when they hadn't for five years yeah that game was like competitive going into the fourth quarter yeah last week so I don't know I think that I think that maybe the SEC is better top to bottom I don't know it's like flatter yes yes that makes more sense uh the floor is a little bit higher than what we're used to top a little lower yeah yeah is that nil or is that just a coincidence i kind of just lean coincidence on a, like a one-year thing if this becomes pretty regular where like the west is beating each other up and georgia's in close games yeah all year if this long, is the norm going forward like college football's back yeah like it didn't go anywhere really but like the only complaint about college football was just that you could just write the play the four playoff teams before the season started yeah that's been really the only thing wrong with it and last year tcu got there that's true there's always like a couple yeah. of surprises but it's for like the most three part, out of the four it's like yep put the, them in there the good teams one. are good we know that they don't lose to anybody but I th- this season has felt a little different yeah yeah the only uh, that only leaves commercials We've got to do something about that if we get that that's about good that's. luck with that <laughs> uh yeah so just for fun i just imagined what would what kind of ranking would we have if we just won out like it's a guarantee you're in if you let's forget about the sec championship game for a minute if you beat south carolina at home you don't go up a ton maybe you're like 17 or 18 you beat georgia on the road you could jump 
10 spots in the polls. And like the first college football playoff ranking comes out, Missouri could be 10th or 11th at at a 8 and 1 maybe. Yeah, it's all going to depend on what other teams do. I feel like the top 5 is going to be tough to crack, but you could be looking at like the 6 to 10 range if they want out. You think? I think so. And then you beat hypothetically you beat uh, the West champion in the SEC championship game, you're the four seed in the college football playoff. I mean... You think so? A one-loss Mizzou is a, the four seed. I think a one-loss... How many other uh, one-loss teams do we have here? Uh, Ohio State one- and Michigan are both undefeated. Mm-hmm. But they'll, they'll have to play each other... That's true. ...twice, potentially? I don't remember how I the think just once. Big Ten championship game works. I think that they're in the same little division, so gotcha. they would... Probably play like a horrible Iowa team or something. So there's a chance they could both make the playoff if one's undefeated and one's losses to the other. Yeah. But you got undefeated Oklahoma. True. And then don't tell me any other teams because a one loss Mizzou, a one loss Tennessee, if they beat, if either one of those teams beats Georgia and wins the SEC championship game, I think they're in. Tennessee. Tennessee's in the same spot as Mizzou right now. Yeah, I think. I would love to find out. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. I just, uh, I don't want to be, you know, uh, I don't want to wait to get excited, you know? I'm, I'm going to get a little bit excited now. Yeah. I really do, and maybe they do exactly that, and they get to the four seed or, you know, whatever, and who knows what happens. Like, maybe they're even higher than that based on what happens uh, around the league, but... I really wish we had a 12 team playoff this year. Yeah. Because I would be even more like, exci- I'd yeah. be like on the edge of my seat yeah. even more. Oh, yeah. Then you then you couldn't help yourself. You'd have to be like projecting out the rest of the season right. for like 20 different teams to yeah, see. Yeah. That's true. But I mean, you could make the argument like a two team, two lost Missouri team yeah. gets in there, 12 team this year, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So hopefully we're having this discussion next year. Yeah. 12 team playoff starts next year. Yeah. I say uh, three weeks from now, we will just have that same conversation again after we beat Georgia. Uh, The obviously Mizzou fandom riding high after this big win at Kentucky. And the national media, I think, has kind of, they, what Brady Cook and Luther Burden were doing woke everybody up, I think, and getting plenty of talk about the offense early on in the sec media though i don't know i still feel like it's kind of like eh, i don't know maybe everybody's just saying georgia there's no there's one of these teams has got to beat georgia before anybody really wants to take them seriously which is true because yeah. georgia's schedule is pretty soft yeah they would have to well you know missouri would have to win out mm-hmm. to to beat them in the standings yeah. that's really that's the only way assuming georgia wins out other than missouri yeah, we could end up with some kind of three-way deal where, you know, if Tennessee beat Georgia and then Missouri beat Tennessee or something like that. Yeah. Too um, far away. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Just you were kind of mentioning like comparing before we started recording, you were thinking about like comparing it to a preseason talk around the conference. Yeah, it's so funny. I mean, I, in these kind of seasons, I feel like we have to just stop and smell the roses a little bit. Yeah. Like even no matter how good you are every season, like. Yeah. It's just fun to relish in this great start and to think about the po- the the preseason hubris from the other fan bases that are just I mean we have nothing to go on at SEC media days. We've got you know brand name and what you've done the last couple seasons. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all we have to go on. And I feel like there's so little like ability to uh to forecast what's going to happen well and just seeing all the media people you know, even just some of the Arkansas guys laughing about the thought of losing to Missouri another time. And, you know, it's just, it's interesting to think of how quickly perceptions change and how wrong every people can be. And it just feels good, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, going back to preseason, I feel like we were optimistic. I thought we were being maybe dangerously optimistic talking about eight or nine wins. Yeah. And because the SEC media in general was so down on Mizzou. Right. And, you know, uh, we had people saying, you're crazy. This is a 10-win team. And it's like, I, I hope you're right, but yeah. I don't We haven't seen that yet. Right. 
And, you know, it's possible that we only win two games the rest of the way and have eight yeah. wins uh, when it's all said and done. Yeah. But, I mean, we're going to talk about Shane Beamer in a little bit. But, mm-hmm. I mean, but Shane Beamer was like Mr. Swaggy himself. Yeah. Like three months ago. Yeah. Because well, they were coming days. off of uh, beating... Uh, I don't want to have to go look at their schedule from last year, but yeah, they, they they did have a good end to the year last year. They yeah. beat somebody like somebody in the bowl game. I'll just look it up. Um, but I mean, the perceptions of yeah, they be, they ended this the regular season beating Tennessee and Clemson. Yeah, yeah. And then did they beat someone in the bowl game? Uh, no, they lost to Notre Dame. Okay, but it was well, close that's game. still like I mean, you're playing Notre Dame in a bowl game. That yeah. you've, you've had a good year. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just funny how perceptions change and i think we gotta just take a minute like just look back and just like oh man yeah Hope, just look uh, back and oh man just look, look look back and oh man look at those receipts mm-hmm. gotta relish in it that's it that's shane beamer shane beamer and south carolina are coming to the good columbia for homecoming the real one yeah the only one that matters to us south carolina is two and four on the season one and three in sec play just to take you through their schedule real quick. They lost week one to North Carolina, 31-17. They beat Furman. Then they lost to Georgia by 10. They beat Mississippi State, 37-30. They lost to Tennessee. They lost to Florida last weekend in heartbreaking fashion. Did you watch that? any of that game? I did watch some of it. I don't think I watched the end, though. Florida, uh, they like converted a fourth and 10. Oh, yeah, okay. I remember now. South Carolina was up by like 10 points yeah. well into the fourth quarter. Yeah. And it felt like this is over. Yeah. I remember watching that and maybe I tuned out because I thought it was over. Yeah. Uh, I was just watching because it was on SEC Network and the Mizzou game was coming up next. I was rooting for South Carolina because I picked them in SEC. Pick them. Yeah. Plus Nebraska. Right. So. And they uh, let me down. Yeah. They 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 did. They <laughs> lost in absolutely heartbreaking fashion with uh, Graham Mertz just going crazy and like converting a long fourth down and then yeah south carolina's defense just falling apart in in allowing a game-winning drive from florida they'll do that yeah so yeah speaking of south carolina's defense they gave up in that game 423 passing yards and three touchdowns to graham mertz his best game of the season against tennessee they gave up 239 passing yards to milton and also three or sorry 238 on the ground to tennessee as a team uh in the mississippi state game will rogers threw for 487 yards and then uh against georgia and north carolina carson beck and drake may both threw for 269 yards so i'm projecting i'm predicting a bounce back game for missouri's offense as far as, like, statistically, anyway. South I think Carolina, things are going to be a bit easier yeah. for the offense in this one again uh, compared to Kentucky. I think so. Uh, South Carolina has faced a gauntlet, though, sure. of of offenses. Those are some great quarterbacks, some great offenses, uh, and it's going to keep going this week, right? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, honestly, though, South Carolina's defense does not do much to scare you. Uh, I feel like what they have hung their hat on in recent seasons is having elite cornerback play where they just play a lot of man defense and they don't give a lot of safety help over the top. Mm -hmm. And when they have the corners to play that... Just man you up, yeah. Yeah, they are very dangerous. But J.C. Horn, yeah, really good corner that they had. They've had three or four guys... uh, make NFL rosters yeah. the last few seasons. That is true. They definitely don't seem to have the talent or the depth and they've had a they've had some injuries too. Mm-hmm. So they they have really struggled. Yeah. And so I mean I look I really do look for Brady Cook and the receivers to uh get back on track. And I think Missouri's going to be able to have a balanced offensive game. I think Schrader will run the ball well. There really is without being just a complete paper bag where Missouri could score like 60 points. It's still an SEC defense with some good players and, you know, SEC caliber players. And I can't imagine that South Carolina is just going to let us 
roll all over them. Like yeah. this is kind of like a game they probably have circled. Like we've really gotten the best of them. Yes. In the recent years, South, I don't think Coach Drinkwitz has never lost to South Carolina as a Division One coach. That's true. Even going back to when he coached at Appalachian State. Yeah. So I think South Carolina would love to win this game. So I don't think they're just gonna lay down and die. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they're they like you said we're riding high coming into this past off season or out of this past off season thinking they had a big they thought they were going to be doing what Mizzou has done so far and a lot of people did yeah. as well yeah um with and what's weird is Rattler has basically done what he needs to do like he's he's played pretty well and he's he's a talented player and i think he's kind of done what people thought he could do and it just hasn't really mattered yeah and his mistakes have been come have come from having to do everything yeah I mean, they, a one man show for they sure. don't have a lot of a running game uh they have a, a good running back i think in mario anderson but their offensive line just hasn't yeah done enough for him he's uh at 328 yards and just two touchdowns on the season yeah um they have a really good wide receiver in Leggett who has 37 receptions 700 yards and three touchdowns but like, he was leading the SEC in, in receiving th- you know, through like four or five weeks. So he can definitely put up some serious numbers. Yeah. and uh, But really, their offensive line, I just, without getting too overly optimistic here, I think we will see a similar performance um, from Missouri's defense. I think Rattler is definitely better than Leary. And yeah. he'll be able to make some plays kind yeah. of out of nothing yeah he's definitely not uh Jaden daniels but True. You know, he, i mean he is going to scramble that's yeah. he he likes to do that and uh, you mentioned the offensive line they're they're not going to hold up for very long so he he likes to, to get out of the pocket so yeah we'll be looking uh, to and, but that. he's looking he's getting out of the pocket and then looking for a receiver who just came uncovered because yeah. the play is breaking down a little bit right yeah he'll definitely look to kind of extend the play might Shane, see some fireworks in this one. Yeah, I, I yeah no really. I'm predicting the offense to get back on track a bit. Uh, the the stats, especially like Luther Bird and the stats weren't there. None of that matters though. Getting the win at Kentucky is more important than any of the stats, obviously. Right. But uh, Shane Beamer, I watched his uh, press conference, um, le- like talking about the Mizzou matchup. Yeah, and. I don't know. He's just been in the news a lot recently. Partly, He's been doing some embarrassing things. Yeah. South Carolina not living up to expectations and, you know, um, losing the heat. losing conference games. It's like probably got a lot of people over there uh, feeling a little nervous. But uh, his press conference, he walks in limping a little bit. And uh, people probably maybe have seen this online already, but he gets asked by a reporter, hey, uh, notice you limping walking in. Can you update us on your uh, injury status? And he explains that he got so mad after they lost to Florida that he kicked something and broke a bone in his foot to the extent that he, quote, hopes he doesn't have to get surgery. It's a little bit negligent. Yeah. I. That's just... his. And But then he, what, what like parlayed in that to in some kind of coaching... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he went back and forth, like, like trying to, in the moment, like on the fly, try to figure out how to spin this. Because he's like, you know, that's just the passion coming out. I've told my players that's unacceptable. Yeah, he literally did both. Like, he was like, (laughs) that's just the passion coming out. And then, like, two seconds later, he's like, but, uh, you know, I told every, I told him, you know, that's just not how we do it. It's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. uh, There was a, a clip. I guess me. I can't remember if it was after the Florida game or from the week before, but he was just assigning blame to everyone mm. except himself. Like he, I mean, without naming the players' names exactly, he was basically just saying like, "Yeah, we had a safety missing assignment. We had a cornerback not blitz when he was supposed to. We had a you know whatever, whatever." And like, brother, you nobody wants this. Yeah, nobody thinks this is a good idea. Yeah, and it sounded like it was some kind of like internal desperate conversation with like the ad to make sure his job was still stable like you should be if you're going to do this do this internally to somebody who's deciding whether or not you're going to have a job next year not to the public and where everyone including your players can hear it because it's really embarrassing and no one's getting better because of this and now i'm confused about something though shane beamer i've been hearing people like okay so his dad was a coach too right Yes, Beamer Ball, yes. But I'm confused. 
his name's Shane Beamer. His dad's a coach. I'm certain that his father is Eli Drinkwitz. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Eli Drinkwitz is his daddy. Oh, my God. So why does he have a different I name? I had no clue where you were going with that. I just don't. That confused me. So Wow. Um, I'm flabbergasted. But Drinkwitz 4-0 against him. That, that's, a, that's a mystery. I wrote, I had the, yeah, the last couple of years has been blowouts too. Yeah. I think we can keep that going. He's his daddy. Did you know there's an actual Beamer ball? What's the Beamer ball? I don't know. We were just talking about like it actually. Like a football? It, no, it's like a banquet or something, right? Some kind of dance in South Carolina you can attend. Yeah. If you Google Beamer ball, the first thing that comes <laughs> up is the, uh, is the Beamer ball, which is... Yeah, a dance. But it sounds fun. Do a little square dance or something. You know, what next, if, how do people dance in South Carolina? <laughs> Who knows? I don't. Know, I don't know if I want to know. I don't either. Probably square dance. Um. Yeah. Beamer ball. Uh. What do you think? And nobody actually knows what beamer ball is either. By the way, I don't think in- he, including even knows. him. Yeah. Yeah. So just getting that out there. Beamer ball is when South Carolina does a good play. That's beamer ball. Like South Carolina scores yeah. a touchdown, classic Beamer ball right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, how you feeling? I'm feeling good about this I matchup. I feel good. I think it's sneaky. I think it's a little sneaky. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I think there's some intangibles at play. We don't want to be game planning for Georgia this week. Please don't. Yeah. Um, I, do we have a bye after this week or is it after Georgia? After this. After week. this week, you yeah. have plenty of time to yeah. talk Georgia. Please take this game seriously. I, I'm begging I've, you. We've said mostly me, has said the word Georgia too much in this episode. You have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> please take this game seriously. Please take Spencer Rattler seriously. You're a better team than South Carolina, but you've got to prepare. And I think they're going to score. So I was going to say, so like what's worst case scenario for this game is like this is a shootout type of game and Missouri's defense doesn't really show up. and Probably. Like Missouri's so much more balanced, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess somehow this is a shootout where both teams are just scoring every possession, and you just give up one more score or something, throw an interception or whatever it is. Yeah, because I'm looking at like you know forty-one thirty-nine against Florida. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's been that's the most points they've scored this year was thirty-nine in a loss outside of Furman. Right. Yeah. Game script wise, I think South Carolina is just going to do what they do, whether they're winning or losing. It's mm-hmm. going to be Spencer Rattler just figuring things out as he goes. That's kind of what they do. Um, we could see them try the run game a little bit more, pull at LSU and, and you know, try to establish the run, thinking that that's, uh, you know, a weakness for Missouri. Yeah. Uh, I think Missouri's going to win, though. I think it's going to be 44 37. So a little, maybe a little scary. That's a little shootouty. It's a little shootouty. Ooh, maybe not as much as LSU. Uh, it'd still be pretty close. Mm. I don't like. I don't like giving up thirty-seven to I them. I think we. I think it could happen. That Never last. Know. That last seven comes in garbage time. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Classic. Classic. Um, I'm gonna say Missouri wins. A little bit lower scoring. I think if Missouri gets it going, if they get a lead. You know, they will try to shorten the game a little bit. Don't give South Carolina's offense that opportunity. Give me Missouri 39 to 27. They did beat Vanderbilt and Kentucky both exactly 38 to 21, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Missouri did? Yeah, you might want to double check me on that. Dang, that makes me want to pick that score. You could. Nothing stopped Vanderbilt, 38-21. Kentucky, 38-21. You going to do it? No. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not enough points for South Carolina. Yeah, 39-27, I okay. say. Either way, bounce back game for the offense. Got to be a win. Everything we just talked about before this is completely gone if we lose this game. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a disaster. Don't let that happen, please. Anybody, Everybody involved who could do anything to let that happen, please don't. You ready to pick the rest of the games? I'm ready. How did we do last week? 
Uh, it's pretty close. Uh, one or ten of games to pick. Cameron got four. Kyle got four. I got five. Guest pickers got five. Jeez. Who picked last week? Tristan again. Tristan, well done. No more picks Tyler. for Tristan. Tyler? Tyler, well done. Oh. No more picks for Tyler or Tristan. And don't worry, Tyler. We got your pick corrected. Oh. <laughs> Too bad you didn't go with what I thought or you would have got an extra point this week. <laughs> that brings our season totals to... Let me pull it up. He's going to say my name first because I'm in last place. Season totals. Cameron has 43. Kyle and the guest pickers have 45. And I have 47. Oh, my gosh. We can't let him run away with it again. Yeah. That's going to stop. <laughs> Start picking Nebraska more. I uh, might have to. Yeah, the chance this week. To. First up is Mississippi State at Arkansas. Arkansas is a six-point favorite. Our guest picker this week is Ryan. Welcome in, Ryan. Welcome in. Welcome in. What did Ryan pick? <laughs> Ryan picked Mississippi State. Six-point underdogs? Yeah. Yep. Arkansas, yeah, I mean, nobody wants to pick Arkansas, but... They're weird, man. It's like they, they're they melting down in Fayetteville. They want to fire everybody. They think they're great still yeah but they i mean they have had some close losses they lost to alabama and lsu both by three yeah mm. <sighs> i'll take arkansas yeah they're at home they'll win it i'll go i'll go uh arkansas i almost said lsu <laughs> i'll go mississippi State. i pick oh. lsu to be both of those teams yeah next up is number 17 tennessee at number 11, Alabama. Alabama is a eight and a half point favorite. This is one to watch. This will be one to tune into. Yeah. Whew. I look forward to finding out more about Tennessee, and especially their quarterback play. Do we want them to lose? Probably. I guess. Yeah. I guess I don't well, really care. Yeah. It, it, get back we're, to me. In thinking, the, let me get back to you in the fourth quarter. We're I'll tell thinking you. standings. Yeah. Now. Yeah. We're thinking about those standings. We don't have to do that all that often. Or haven't had to. Uh, man. Alabama wins. Tennessee's quarterback way better than whoever Alabama's going to throw out there, probably. Jaden uh, Milrow? What's yeah. his name? Yeah. Jaden? Yeah. I don't know. Milrow? And uh, Milton? Yeah, I think Milton's. He's a good player. Two Mills. Two. <laughs> uh, they're both a little streaky. <laughs> That's true. Oh, man. I guess I got to go Alabama. I'll go Alabama. Ryan goes Alabama. Mill versus Mill. Next up. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. Next up is number 13, Old Miss at Auburn. Old Miss is a six and a half point favorite. Old Miss by a yeah, million. Yeah, Old Miss by a million. I'll take Auburn. Oh, that's what I like to hear. You're just letting us back in. Come just on opening now. the door for us. Ryan. This is exactly how it always goes. Like we're like, oh, he's just opening the door, and then he just wins by like <laughs> easily by midseason. He's winning. Ryan takes Ole Miss. Last and certainly least, Northwestern at Nebraska. Nebraska is an eleven-point favorite. Give me Nebraska. That's true. Northwestern did all their stuff. Like they fired the coach before the season started. Yes, they did all their stuff. You could say. Yeah, they did all that stuff. I don't even remember what. It was scandalous. Yeah, I don't. We, we shouldn't go there. <laughs> um, and they, they, they wanted him to stay. The players did. That's true. So there was like this conflict yeah. going on. Explain that whole situation to us more. Um, I'll take Nebraska. <laughs> I'll take Nebraska. Ooh, Ryan on an island with Northwestern. Appreciate it. Talking about two broken programs here. Yeah. Let me it. let me uh, go on a small rant about the Big Ten. Like, yeah. especially the one division that doesn't have Michigan and Ohio State in it. Yeah. I mean, there. I mean, there's there's a conspiracy in my mind going on. There's some kind of collusion. Some kind of backdoor collusion going on where it's like, we won't get good if you don't. Like, let's <laughs> let's keep let's keep this just totally mid 1940s offense stuff going. 
It will just we'll do it if you do it. Yeah. And one of these just horrible, horrible teams will make the Big Ten championship every year, get blown out by Michigan or Ohio State, whoever wins over there. Surely but, they're redoing all that when the West Coast teams come to town, right? They're redoing all their divisions no and everything. They they should. Yeah. So it's they, a disaster. Are they still leaders and legends? Remember that was the name of their divisions yes. for a while? Yes. No, they're not. Thank goodness. Okay. That was the dumbest I thing I mean, ever. who... I mean, we're t- looking at Iowa might be the best team in that whatever the other division is. Yeah. And they can't score like 12 points in a game. Yeah, I heard they called Luke Bauer and said, do you want a quarterback job? They should. Uh, would you rather be a leader or a legend? Legend, for Probably sure. a legend, yeah. Yeah. Leaders get remembered, but legends never die. That's what I heard somewhere. I can't think of a single leader. I can even think of a lot of legends, though. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? That's definitely it. <laughs> All right. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt, Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Deemore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy, JD, Tim Keens, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Garofalo, Brandon Hanks, Matthew Tilly, and Louis Hernandez. Thank you. Thank you very much, gentlemen. You can find this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, Drink is uh, Beamer's daddy.